Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. And uh, long time no see, I guess the best way to say it. Des and KP podcast up in here. And we are doing everything natural bodybuilding and then some. Uh, I am Kaylin Patterson. Of course, you have the, the other Carruthers. That's right, Fletcher Carruthers. That's right, hello. Hello, 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 everyone. Hello. How you been? <laughs> Don't you good. feel like a stranger on the airway? <laughs> I do feel like, feel like a stranger. It's been a long stranger. time. But before we get too far down the line on this, there's just one thing I have to say. Happy birthday to you. Happy oh, birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kaylin. Happy Aww. birthday to you. And I welcome that with open arms. Thank you so much. It's been a, a blessed day. Honestly, this is the first time, and I was so this, – this has been a crazy – well, with the pandemic, everything's crazy. But anyway, with the fact that uh, it was the fifth Sunday and uh, my pastor had gone on vacation, so I was able to do the fifth Sunday Sunday school, so I had to study for that. And then we had uh, him on vacation again for uh, Bible study. So I had to study for that, and I completely forgot about my own birthday. It, it was so nuts. And uh, one of the women that I trained was visually impaired, and she remembered my birthday and was telling me that we needed to stop at the store to get the birthday cake before we went to Bible study because she likes to go to Bible study as well. And that's when it all hit, and I was like, wow, this is, uh, <laughs> is kind of crazy. But, you know, everything worked out other than getting the birthday cake because they need all kinds of information now with the Rona. So uh, all that little tidbits of information, now I finally understand why they have so many uh, health concerns because uh, people have been doing some crazy stuff during this time. And, you know, they, they aren't always set in doing right, I guess the best way to say it. So... It's it's almost as difficult to get uh, birthday cake now as it is uh, over the counter cough syrup. What's going on? Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? <laughs> what is going on? In, yeah, but you know, all, what all is going was, on? Uh, indeed. Yeah, uh, one indeed. of the best parts is because it was such a good lesson that uh, the people actually stayed over because I was running a little late with the uh, getting the birthday cake. But aside from that, everything was fine. All right. All right. Well, then, now that we know what's going on with the birthday and the birthday cake, bring us up to speed on what's going on boy. tonight. And the birthday boy. Uh, and how old are you now, Kaylin? 52. 52? When did that happen? Yes, I was ma'am. thinking you were just 51. Oh, no. no. Uh, oh, my goodness. You're just sprouting up right before my eyes. And, and the funny part is that everybody says I look uh, taller, and I think it's just that I've been leaner for more times during the year. But I, I'll tell uh, you that I'm not. So you think when you're heavier, you look shorter? Yes, I'm a chunker.
keep the faith in others in you. And, you know, and, and sadly, you know, we had a lot of uh, people fold in their their, uh, their beliefs and, and way of going about business. And Mark, I've, I've been checking with him. He's been very consistent. So everything he said was found then. When the Rona hit, it was found at that time, and it's found to this day. So, Mark, please introduce yourself, and let's get this show started. Hi, thanks, KP. First question must be, was it a, chicken, uh, a snickerdoodle cheesecake, the birthday cake, or? Actually, yes. A half snickerdoodle and half uh, regular cake. Very good, very know? good. I'm sure it would be. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back on again. It's uh, a privilege to be able to get the time and to share things. Well, we appreciate you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't, don't, don't get... Don't get don't get comfortable now because it's been a while, and so we're going to have some people that aren't familiar with who you are, Mr. Mark South. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm a chef by trade um, and also a food chemist by trade. Um, over the recent last six, seven years, been more into nutrition, lifestyle, um, working with uh, professors and a, a company called PH360. Um, which is very much human biology, human science, um, and have my own practice at the moment, as well as consulting in aged care, palliative care, and, and the general public on health and lifestyle, etc. Keep very keen researcher, which uh, re you really need to be to keep up on the top of, you know, advancements uh, in relationship to the health of the human body and everything else like that. Um, that's me. I I do support a lot of sporting athletes as well, including bodybuilders. Um, partner to Tanaka Heinemann that a lot of people in America know, love and adore, which sometimes makes me think, oh my God. You know, um, so she's a good <laughs> guinea pig at times, but she's only one person. So I do, I do try to seek more as well to get that variance that we present in life uh, through each individual. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Just just real quick, I've, I've got to say, because I know we've got to talk about nutrition, Mark. We we have to talk about that. We've got to get back to the foundation of what it is and all of the practices and all of that good stuff. But before we do that, our listeners are a little bit in shock because Kaylin and I have been on sabbatical. But you know what, guys? We're like a bad penny. We just keep popping up. We might have needed yes. to take a little break, but that didn't mean that we were going away forever. And so now we are kicking things off with a bang. We've got one of our favorite Aussies on here. And, you know, you, folks out there, you need to be sure you're listening up tonight because food is so, so, so important to your health. And we just don't do it right. We take it for granted. We take it for granted and we neglect our bodies with the stuff we pump into it on a regular basis in the name of nutrition, and we are not doing nutrition justice. So I am so glad Mark is on tonight to help us refocus, re-energize, and, uh, you know, refuel our bodies the right way. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a great it's a great point that you put there, Des, on how we make decisions. And I think we have to look at this from, from both angles. What, uh, you know, why do we make these decisions? And a lot of it is because when we do seek information, we're very much influenced by what is told us as well. Sometimes that's correct for us as an individual, uh, sometimes as a result of it being far too generic etc um but i think people generally have an in you know do have an interest in themselves even if they're making bad decisions they know that's maybe not in their interest so it's more of a case of coming back i think to you know what to look for in nutrition what what is it really about because it's very confusing and let's face it you know if you're a consumer who wants knowledge on nutrition you can get quite lost with um everything that's written in various uh, places and you also probably you know if you're interested in bodybuilding you might look at what other bodybuilders say and there could be suitability in that there could be an acknowledgement of certain things um, that that are good for you bad for you because we know that we have people who get up on stage that look and perform very good 
But we, we also true. asked the question of, is that the best way to be? Is there any advancement we can have or understanding in the sport or in life as general? Um, but first of all, we need to understand, I think, the body and that relationship um, that food has with the body. That I think we know in a generalized term, but we are quite flippant about it. Uh, on top of, you know, really having the right resources to go and have things explained. But it's really a case of having someone to work with you. And, you know, there's, there's, there's two ways. Both how we think and both how we present uh, needs to be a lot more clear and a, a much more better understanding for people to be able to, sorry, your food word, digest. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, you know, Sometimes we stayed in the dark ages with a lot of the way things were presented to some of the athletes because they've been put through the ringer when it comes when it comes to misinformation and how it's been implemented to basically look like it's working, but basically it's more more like a, a false presentation uh, with the risk of their health being the outcome. Now. One of the things that you've always stressed is basically knowing what you're getting into, having all the information, meaning, you know, even beyond yourself, you know, if they want to check around. How do you basically get the novice, the beginner, and basically the one set in stone with bad information to adhere to a better, healthier lifestyle as compared to getting on stage or just life and good health in general? Yeah, I think, KP, that, you know, like like we've just like the intro you've given me there bad information um it's not it's not really a right approach to say that information is necessarily bad because some information may be fitting for other people i think if we go back and we look at the foundation like, uh, to try and establish both what practices are used at the moment and our basic community understanding from a consumer's point of view someone wanting to get better use from nutrition you know we we very much in life and in sport as well have always basically treated eating for the purpose of energy output versus input okay in bodybuilding we like to eat a bit more when we're growing and in bodybuilding we eat less when we're trying to cut is there a problem with that well doesn't matter at the minute that's the understanding we do things like count calories work off macros um you know keep track of protein carbs fats you know but all of these things are a measurement, really, as to how our body is then responding. This is what we've done. This is what the result is. You know, so basically, we found some, even though I, will, I don't lead with macros, I don't lead with calories, to me, it's the least important when you're evaluating a person to start off with. The ability to identify something for the purpose of measuring against an individual is mm-hmm. very, very, is a huge tremendous tool Um, because we know that food has an influence with bodies some people can consume something and have an allergy and have an outbreak you know if you look at sports science at the moment which is quite active in the advancement you know I'll give you an example I just read an article which was published some while ago but there's been some updates to it on hydration in sport you know they've evaluated foods, a group of foods to come up with the best hydration and they've said that low fat milk number one, uh, coconut water number two, watermelon juice number three. So if we look at the contents of the study, one they identified a physical item, not just a food group, an item. Um, Number two, they've measured it against hydration to see which one out of them is best. So they've rated skim milk best. And from that you could also say well you know, because sometimes the sun does rise from the same area every time. There is common sense we can play with ourselves. We're not silly people. Is that they're also talking about fat and the, and the digestion and the, and the ability to absorb and take up. So they're also talking about that relationship with the body to certain things and how it's best to be presented. And that area for me is the biggest uh, misused or underutilized area that we find in nutrition today. A physical food item and its relationship with our body. So 
to explain a bit more, why wouldn't why wouldn't I lead with calories? So a bodybuilder who's fixated of being educated in this really wants to do. Well, I'm a provider, so I'm going to give them the calories and I'm going to use it as a measurement. But first of all, I want to identify what foods is best for their body. And to be honest, me as a practitioner, me with this knowledge, um, me with this at my fingertips with an analytical tools and all this as a base, I don't know the person until the person has shown themselves to me. So I, I, Tanaka will say to me, can you just give this person a general overview on uh, nutrition? Well, no, not really. Yeah. Can you give me the person and let's have a talk and let's be specific about that person, right? That's yeah. how I like to work. So my point is, is that the body needs a various outputs due to age, clinical stress, this and that and the other. And these very much are drivers or things we need to consider on how somebody's body is going to respond. We could give somebody 2,400 calories and they, if they've got a condition or let's say a weakness in their gut, in their digestive, in their uptake, what really does these calories matter? We need to fix the gut up first is an example. Yes. So yes. Okay. the point yes. is, is that as, right, as a society, and we say that we live in the dark ages. There's some things, KP, we wish we brought back. Our understanding of food and that scriptures that was written centuries ago. When we introduced mm -hmm. Western medicine, we dumped out food. It wasn't in the educational yep. curriculum. Yep. Pharmaceuticals became overtaken. But, there, yes. but, please, but let's please get the word out to people. There are still people about, even though in short numbers, that can actually identify the relationship of a food or its potential to your body post measuring and understanding where your body is. Okay. What we tend to do, and even through certain scientists, some very, very well-known, let's call them nutritionists or doctors, is, give, is use part of this information. Like, for instance, Tanaka was just watching Netflix and it made me laugh. Okay. I'm not going to mention names, but a very highly influential American scientist, food professor, said when talking about having more fiber and, you know, and being on a vegan diet, let's say, and promoting vegetarians, that breast milk only contains one ounce of protein. So that goes to show how little we need protein. <laughs> okay, well, right. So, and I, I laughed to myself and thought, is that really how we educate people? Because your audience, I bet you there's no babies watching this. Well, I bet you there's mothers who are told to give breast milk. Why, would, why are we trying to distract that? Because there's other compounds, there's other things that are in that breast milk, and the body is set up to grow. So, therefore, its chemical function is set up to enable that body to grow. So, there's a little bit more than protein at stake. There's a little bit more... Uh, going around the body at that age and as we form and as we grow our body doesn't need that anymore so we stop so nutrition to our body for me is a relationship between where we stand today how we balance our body out bio biologically how we measure and then place food environment and these types of things that affect our health around our outcomes our joy of life our health um and I think that that's what we're missing. It's very hard for a person to go to a doctor and get real good, let's say, integrated diet plan um, to go yeah. with their condition. It's basically not no. used. It's, no, it's, it's not. A, it's a bad take, take these tablets. Uh, it possibly we're not diagnosed to the root cause. Um, and very much, if food is to be thy medicine, we have to start speaking about it, but relate it to people and provide it to people in a way one they can understand, one they can obtain, and one they can physically then up, you know, utilize to feel the benefit of it. And that is the real, real weakness that we have in nutrition at the moment. Now, I totally, I 100% agree with everything that you said. We, um, 
we're just not educated about the importance of foods, vitamins, minerals to our bodies and our overall health. And you touched on something really important there in when you were talking about gut health and if your body can't absorb the food that you're putting into it, what difference does it make what food you're eating anyway because your body can't use it? And so there are so many internal functions that um, need to be working at an optimum level in order for your body to really utilize the food that you're putting into it. And then once you have that utilization um, going for you, then the quality of the food really comes into play. But food can be a medicine, and that's exactly what it was. A lot of herbs and different vitamins and minerals in the way beginning was how people treated illness. But Mark is 100% right. Now we're totally on the pharmaceutical train. And you know what? I don't blame the doc training. That's how they're taught. They're trained to do so many things, and they're trained to prescribe and those sorts of things. They're not trained to be nutritionists and say, well, you're low in vitamin B, so these are the foods that you need to make sure that you're getting and da-da-da-da-da in order to address this issue that you're having. They don't know those things. That's not what they're taught. They have a general overview and general knowledge of food and nutrition, but they don't get down in the weeds, which I feel is kind of like where we are, Mark. So. I know we've got people listening. They've got lots of questions. And I'm wondering how we bring this, like, 50,000-foot view of what you do and how you view food down down out of the clouds a little bit and and make it something like our general listener could actually do something with. Because, you know, if they don't work with a nutritionist like you, and granted, there aren't a lot around like you right now, at least not in the United States. The numbers are starting to grow, but it's not like you can flip open your Google and say, show me the nearest nutritionist and have one down the block. It doesn't work that way over here, not yet anyway. So how can your average person make use or what's the next step for them to become more I guess, conscious or savvy of how food can help improve their health other than just eat healthy, you'll feel better. I mean, it's so much deeper than that. Yes, and I think there's, you know, generalized rules that we know, like whole foods versus processed foods. We know those basic understandings, but what we're talking about here is to to consider or to have an evaluation as an independent person. You know, just not Mm -hmm. to go over old grounds, but we know in nutrition, dietitian training, education, that these placebo statistics automatically tell us the variance that there is from a certain thing. You know, and so we know from day one, we use words like could, possibly, maybe higher percentage of people found to be. So we know automatically through our own science that's used today in Western that there's a huge variance. So we need to, we need to you know, really provide somebody the ability to have an evaluation based on them. And the evaluation yeah. where you combine with food or you want to use food more or you want to, you know, um, becomes apparent. Now, in our body, you know, let's say 30,000 cells that respond, react want a message that food food and environment helps to send. It's very, very hard to be able to get a pen and paper and work out 30,000 cells in the relationship. So I don't think any professor on earth would want to deal with a pen and paper to try and work that out. You'd probably see one patient a month to be able to calculate it. But there are advancements in testing, you know, medically approved, you know, platforms to do this analysis, to capture it, to use anagrams to be able to calculate all these different genes that are known. It is a study. It's not a part-time. It is a study. It is a profession. Uh, you know, so all of this information come together. I'm very lucky, as you know, Des, that I work with a system that is provided, that is established to be able to do this. And I yep. think that once people, you know, and you've also got to give people in layman's terms that they can relate to. Yes. Um, we use a lot of basic body science, such as, as I make thing to pick up generalized traits, how these people are wired, where the weakness in their body is, how they in general, you know, we're not talking about the last 10 years, we're talking about centuries of information being collated as to how in general um, they work with fatty acids, with proteins, with carbohydrates and the relationships and things like that. But we also want 
the ability to say, right, where are you now? Irrelevant whatever your human biology, your, um, your circadian rhythms are built up, where are you now? What are your activities? How do you interface with this? So we can not only identify from that our weaknesses, but can then apply the foods, the environment conditions, our habits, our activities to improve this, to see betterment, to use epigenetics, which is a live living thing in everybody, in every plant spot, uh, our ability to make and to feel betterment. But when we get down to that level, we can really penetrate. And I can guarantee people through this integrated approach, I've seen people get over cancers, get over every illness. Okay, some of oh, it wow. being integrated with Western medicine. It's not all, but some, you know, or having supplements, but the supplements defined to, to its relationship with the body, to supply the body the essential things it needs to correct, to correct, to respond and to improve. So... It is, it is a field um, like epigenetics, body sciences is slowly coming back in. But the problem is we've got to retrain. We've got to get education universities to take this back on board, to make this training and this knowledge be more accessible to people through, you know, this can really help. Um, and then have a balance between what we know Western, which is really good, and what we know, let's say, use of something that we do three to five times a day we eat three to five times a day we get up every morning wanting quality of life you know this is life this is fact to be able to combine those type of things and broaden our, our knowledge from everything that we've retained over the years um, is the way to go so or a vehicle in the way to go uh, we we always mm-hmm. we will always have to be prepared that we want people to specialize in certain areas Okay, you want a surgeon to be a top surgeon, right? You don't want him to talk to you about food. You want him to be good when that job's needed to be done. What they do is fantastic. We need a nurse to be caring, understanding. All these type of things give us comfort. So we know we're going to have this segregation, but it's that togetherness. It's that vision of togetherness that is um, really, really important to us as a race, as people, not only in sport, but in life. Yeah. Now, it, it, there's two things, because it, it almost sounds like the information has always been available, or, but not readily available anymore. And the second thing, it seems like, you know, the body dynamic can change from morning to night. Is that true, or am I not hearing you correctly? Morning to night. I mean, you, you have a... Uh, a science A science on living organisms, and you can find this in anything plants animals especially human beings you have chronobiology we actually we, we we create different chemicals as we see light and as we see darkness yes we have mm-hmm. circadian rhythms that are basically you know it's a measurement of our cellular activity um as the day passes through you know it brings in a topic um kp about um, which is quite highly discussed at the minute um the timing of food well, there is, there is proven science um, that says, um, you know, the activity levels of an individual. There's a measurement for it. Um, yeah. And once mm-hmm. you know this measurement, it's like um, if you know when your cellular activity is at the highest, then why would you not provide for that cellular activity to get the best out of it? True. You know? We we basically live in daylight hours, and at night time it's for us to request and recruit. It's hence why our bodies uh, release things like serotonin and dopamine during the day and our focus is melatonin at night. You know, it's, it's our physical nature. It's our physical biology. So do people who do night shifts suffer? Yes, they, they can suffer. They can suffer because they're, against, they're totally against their biological clock. If we go to bed with a full stomach and still digesting, does it disturb our circadian rhythms, the regulating of our liver? Yes, it can do. Can it give us toxins in our body that we don't want so the body's got to... Yes. So by knowing that, we can then track somebody's life to try and help and support them. Not everything can be changed. We might not be living in, uh, within our biological clock, but it doesn't make our biological clock right. And it's not to then create stress by saying, God, your body's completely out of whack. It's about that support and that understanding and the ability to take steps then 
that enable a person to make their own decisions with a lot more choice, e.g. a lot more understanding of their own body. Okay. Alright, very good. I mean, so, layman's terms, folks, you can eat based on your body type, and our body does run on a natural clock, not just the one on the wall, that's regulated by light that comes in through your eyes. So, I, you know, we'd had some great shows in the past with Dr. Peter Chahansky. <laughs> I always get his name wrong. Go figure. That's all right. About, yeah, red, about red light and blue light. And he's talking about and breaking down the very thing that Mark is talking about here with your circadian rhythm. So the archives are still there. Go go check it out. Just, just search for red light or blue light, and you can listen to both of them. Both of them are great shows. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and yes, and yes, like, like point, this, that, we're that's, all individuals. Go ahead, Mark. You know, and that's a great point. You know, and this is the thing when you take a, a look and an understanding of the body and use this science. Again, we have people that are specialists in fields. And quite rightly, there are different lights for different time of day. So bright light uh, for us in our bedroom is too stimulating as a basic thing. So a blue, yellow light is far more carving, far more easy for most of us to have you know this creation of melatonin to help us sleep so there's all those types of things uh, and there's other studies in that type of area about uh, you know energy from sunlight and all this type of thing you know we can have conditions where some people just cannot train outside they can't cope with the heat but there's a science that says True. this is beneficial for you so the science is saying it's beneficial where it fits and our okay. aim is to, is to identify the difference in people so that not only the foods but their environment um, is most suitable for them, where they feel the most comfortable and they can therefore perform the best and we can support that performance. Okay. Um, and okay. that's the main thing is identifying what works and what variance works for one person versus another person because that variance mm-hmm. exists. Well, one of the things that I, I've, I've been saying, because if, if people misunderstand me when I say it because it sounds so simple and plain, everybody is different. And I, I'm meaning a body. Like, it's, it's, I don't know why we keep trying to do this one size fits all. I know there's a, a, a general understanding that, you know, we, are, we have a lot of commonality. But with the, with the health and the way things are going right now, it's, it's a little frightening that we're not delving more into the science of health instead of just trying to come up with all these freaking vaccines and, and no harm against them. But my goodness, we still haven't tried to do the body dynamic in a way that can be successful. So uh, how do we go about educating and also saving the health of the person that's scared to death of getting sick? Yeah, and I think, KP, it's, it's a, a hugely big point. Um, on one side of it, we don't want to be negative by saying that all information is bad. But what we mm-hmm. want to do is to utilize this great information and identify where it fits. Even yes. in, say, something I've spoken about before, uh, body science and how we can generalize within groups, you know, I'll give you an example of two ladies I went and reviewed yesterday with Tanaka. They're both mesomorphs. I know them both. Okay, but it was the first time they come together. So in general, they like the same thing. So it was very easy to plan their training. Um, we knew a little bit about their, their cardiovascular capabilities and this and their goals, etc. Very similarly, why, why they were paired. And we, I also had their food post. Um, ready for them and it's a meal it's not a protein shake it was a meal but I also knew the person so person A I won't use names lifting extremely heavy okay purposely lifting extremely heavy as a result built up this nerve um, awareness uh, got got off the leg press legs shaking could hardly walk so come the end of the session this lady had no intention to eat didn't want to eat whatsoever the other lady who was lifting heavy relevant for her body and for the class that we're trying to build her for, she bolted the food down as soon as she finished. 
So here we okay. have two similar body types in extremely the same area, but one's neurological capability versus the other one prevented them from really wanting to eat. So we want to try and feed her as soon as possible, but don't want to feed her when her body is so active, though what it lent was when I did feed her, I gave her a little bit more fat to help calm down this nerves and to supply something back where activity had happened. So it's identifying that difference that can be very much, even when science is, is in general fitting for both of them, it's just tailoring it for both of them. The one person has a slight thyroid problem, um, and the other problem is fine, as fit and as crazy as a hatter. So there's certain foods uh, that are helping, uh, you know, help. so that's where the difference is. Now, it purposely was done, one, to help them understand the differences, because a lot of people will say, I want to be like Tanaka. I okay. want that body, I want that food. So I way too often have to say, no, that's not the way to look at it. And doing that exercise with them, and then they watch what Tanaka ate, there were three different meals. Then they said, right, we get it. How do you feel afterwards? How have you now recovered? Great. Right, so it's, you feel it's fitting for you? Yes, perfectly. I'll stop asking. <laughs> right, it so is, there, there mean... is a need to really get down to that individual. You know, if you go... if. Let's face it, if we have a clinical case, you go in, you've got cancer, you would want foods that do not promote the cancer, you would want foods that try to help True. to reduce or to store that cancer, right? If yep. you don't go in with cancer, why would you want to know that information for? If you've got a bad gut, what foods help you overcome this bad gut, leaky gut, whatever? You know, that's what we want to get down to because un unless we, we focus on those clinical conditions, have an accelerated ability to get down really to the root cause of the chemical conditions, not just mask it or not just, you know, fight everything but be more proactive, that's the level yes. we want to be. But we, we need yes. the education to help with their condition at their one time. I have bodybuilders. You know, generalize. Let's give ourselves a big pat on the back. We produce some very fit, healthy bodybuilders. So everyone who's training at the moment can say, oh, well, this is a little bit critical. There are some very great things. But if a bodybuilder has something like later, low energy, fatigue, etc., what is the response? We relate it straight to, you know, calories or macros. That's not really a good mm -hmm. judge. We want to know, right, at what time of day after what is there? Where do we place the food? What food is it? What's your diet currently? How's that supporting you? From a measurement of what you physically are now. A bodybuilder, especially females, I find in my research, get this considerable, stupid, ridiculous um, uh, decrease in calories that is unable to support a body, get their cardio ramped up as well, and feel shit for the whole period. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good for our sport, where we could utilize and provide for the body and put other things around it that help us manage this cut, this fat decrease, let's say, um, that are very, very active. So they're the areas, I think, where improvement comes, that we know how to get somebody there, but that question, is it the best way? Not saying that what we're doing at the moment is 100% wrong, but if you have a symptom or a circumstance where do you go to? You're reliant on one coach. So I think it's, again, it's the sharing of the information. It's the help. It's the support. It's the feasibility, both in a cost, right, as well as the information and how that information is applied. Well, and, you know, and it's going to be a process. But, it's going to be a process because we are so ingrained, and especially in the bodybuilding world, we are so ingrained in calories and macros because that's the way it's, been done. And even the macros, not everybody's even on board with macros. There are still people trying to come to terms with macros versus calories. And so this is like another level up because you've gone from calories and now you've gone to counting and tracking and trying to understand macros and how you're putting your foods together from a protein, carbohydrate, fat standpoint. And now we're moving like two tiers above even that and just talking about body type and time of day and foods that work the best for that particular body at that time of day based on their energy needs. I mean, that's like, that's like mind-blowing. We almost have like, you know, matrix-type 
mind-blowing stuff going on here as far as nutrition is concerned. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for someone who is is even just trying to comprehend macros, this stuff is just like, <laughs> it just will blow your lid. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah. It is, and so, you know, uh, we have yeah. very, very, we have very active promoting bodybuilders, which is fantastic, and we can see um, very highly um, awarded, achieved bodybuilders saying that I'm 100% uh, plant based. Everybody should be 100% plant based. The problem is not the first comment. I'm plant based. If the person is tracking and doing very well on a plant based diet, then keep with it, but keep monitoring it. But you cannot say it's good for everybody. Okay? Um, yep. Keto diet. Okay, no carbs. Oh, I think this is the biggest... Right. What this advertises is the role of carbs in the sporting diet. The role of carbs and its interaction with the brain. It is the most ridiculous um, statement I've ever known as it comes to... It's just too narrowing. We even have organisations. Yeah. You have to be um, get tested to be ketogenic. I mean, please show me the science even behind it that says that this is effective for a population. For some people at certain times, individuals can perform well on it for a time. E.g. you still track. They don't, they don't go without tracking tools, even if the tracking tool is how they feel. So we've got to get away from this understanding um, that, again, that everything suits and our preaching, this is the way to go. We all know that we should have a high plant-based diet. You know, we all know that. We all know the common sense of it. We all know the role of protein and where to get it from and where the best sources are. Um, but we really want to come back and say, what is the best item for me? And why is the best item for me? Get that answer. Why is a superfood like kale? Why have you told me not to eat it at the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the depths that we want to get to where it's individualized. It's the physical relationship between what we're putting in our mouth and what it can potentially have with our body or where our weaknesses are to strengthen. So we're not trying to put fear into people. We're just trying to make things available for them so they have a choice that empowers them, that gives them more confidence and a better understanding and yes. yes, if you're someone who sees it, you do go and promote it for the benefit of everybody else as well. I hear you. I hear you. Good. I got you know I got to jump in though because we've got a couple of listener questions and they're they're kind of food specific all the way back from the beginning of our conversation. But we've had such a good oh, flow, we didn't really have a good break to jump in here and and share them. But you know, Leslie is intrigued by your mention of your study in watermelon juice. Because I can't just go to the store and buy watermelon juice here. Maybe in Australia you can. But talk to us a little bit about watermelon juice, Mark. Okay, in that particular item, watermelon is uh, it's very it's very dense in water, of course. Do, can yep. you buy it in Australia? I've never seen it. You, get a ju- you buy a watermelon in your juice. I mean, I can buy a watermelon <laughs> and, and drain been... off the juice. Yeah, and that would have been the trial because it's most active at that point in time. It's the best time to do it. You would want to take the fruit when it's in the best case. And, you know, okay. skim milk is skim milk, but you want it straight after the process. So it was very much the measurement on that about how the body responds and how the body can come back to rehydration, what is best to be used. Um, and you always need more than one because some sports and some athletes you know, or some individuals might find even skim milk a little bit too heavy. So the next one down would be, uh, let's say, coconut water. But the response, uh, you might need a bigger volume to retain that type over a longer period of time. So that was very much what it is, is to identify what the best source is. Like we identify the best sources of protein based on its um, uh, amino balance, for instance, uh, and then we rate them down. So it's very much along those lines of just saying what is the potential amongst these and how did I rate and how did I perform against a certain condition. Gotcha. Um, so it's a good example. Leslie, I was just going to say, Leslie, if you're looking for watermelon juice, you just need to buy yourself a watermelon and drain the juice and, and, and drink it, <laughs> the juice from when you eat it, as far as hydration goes. Um, and I know I interrupted you, Mark, but I am curious, too, because this next question relates to the same study. 
of what the properties are of skim milk that makes it the best fluid for rehydration. Um, because James's question was, I thought dairy was bad for you, but yet now we're saying skim milk, which I would think is the least of the milks if you wanted to get any nutrition value out of them would be the least to drink. But I guess this is more about hydration and not nutrients. So what is it about skim milk that makes it a good hydrator? Okay, I'll answer the, I have to answer um, the other point that was made here, dairy being okay. bad for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to make this statement now. I'm going to make this statement. We cannot evaluate the, the, the betterment of a food unless we plan it against someone's condition or whatever. If you watch Netflix okay. and it tells you that all animal protein and all dairy is bad for you, okay, they need to take scientific tests. They need to see the amount of fat that's going into the body. They also need to know how that body is utilizing that fat to come to an end result for that individual. Overconsumption of something, if it's not required by the body or not utilized, is a bad thing. But we shouldn't be ruling out, um, you know, that or making statements that protein or animal protein is bad for the body. Because sometimes it can save lives. It can be the focus clinically for someone to improve red blood cells and stuff like that. So we need to be a little bit more open and not take people. Again, we need an independent review. The basic thing about is it, the whole measurement of the study was how much we absorbed. So in sports okay. science, they do go into the science of in composition and things like this. Um, but this was very much a measurement of the hydration levels in the body um, from this scientific test as to how it absorbed it in people that were known to be fairly healthy who had done an activity, a similar activity, and there was the various activities that were done, but there were predominantly something that enabled someone to sweat, e.g. to lose, to then rehydrate afterwards. Um, so it was the cleanliness, just the ability to absorb. And there was a big variance, but, you know, of people, how, how, it, how it actually came. Um, some people, they were measured against time. Uh, they were measured against hydration levels in the body. Those that could urinate could urinate to do that test, etc. as well. Some people couldn't. So it's a variance there. But the study was basically very much about the digestion and the uptake of it rather than the contents of the product itself. They seem okay. to be the best free performance. But if you gotcha. go to someone who is analyzing your body as well, they would automatically come up with a relationship of food and it's, um, it's actually uh, it's what it's made up of, its composition, and relate that to you so that they have an understanding then from that how you're going to digest, how you could potentially increase, and they would track that with you. Okay. And, and, give, you, and give you the ability to track it yourself for your own feelings and stuff like that. So I'm sorry I can't. I, I do know what's in skim milk, but I can't relate it to that test because that information was not given. I would just be guessing. And that's fine. And I think you answered. I think you answered what the initial question was, or at least put it in the perspective of what James was asking. Um, you know about daring being bad, and, and you're right. It's it's got to be on an individual basis. There are some basic laws to dairy of if you consume it, the type of reaction that it may cause in a majority of people, but again, it might not do that in all people. So you can't just say any one food is bad because it might not be, quote-unquote, air quotes, bad for everyone. So, I mean, that's a great point you're making, Mark. Um, comment here from Bruce. He says, how can this nation be so far behind in this kind of information? And my two cents is because it's it's not our training and it's not our focus. You will find a lot of other countries that are far more focused on food and food ingredients um, and those sorts of things versus the United States. So, I mean, it just, I, I guess yes, it just all depends on where your I, focus lies. Yeah, I wouldn't just I wouldn't just throw this at the United States neither because I think you're correct. There's two there's there's two very strong factors. Um, one factor is the education. This type of thing, like Western, okay. like Chinese medicine and stuff, food or supplements or extracts from roots and stuff, was used in 
in the, we have nutritionists that have still carried on, but the understanding of food and its relationship with our body was cut out. Pharmaceuticals came in. We went from okay. a maybe diagnostic type of approach in our doctrine and our education um, to basically being told what to do for a certain condition to mask it to try to overcome it. Um, that's, you know, that is the one area. We've gone pharmaceutical, it doesn't suit, education um, doesn't fit. Some people, and also even within the profession itself, some people that are keen to learn more, even with their own profession, they say, no, don't talk about that, that's, that's, not in our, that's not in our remit. We don't talk about that, that that's not in our remit. So even within that profession, there's a conflict within their own profession. But there is definite science out there that is proven that comes with far more in-depth um, in terms of food and its relationship and light and environment and epigenetics and chronobiology. It's a smaller field, that's up, but it's, it's as current as anything. But maybe in some respects it hasn't gone through the same protocols as testing that Western medicine now is, is right in demanding. Um, so it's just a case of our universities and our scope, our vision as a total world to be more preventative, to get down to causes, just completely changed because our funding. The other thing is food, um, food service. We eat a lot of processed stuff nowadays. Food yeah. is not and has not been tested for its nutritional value. That was not the consideration or concern. It was about the yield. That is about okay. changing the grain, so it's more, you know, it's about yields, it's about profit margin, yeah. not about value. You have a look at a, a, at a white, white loaf 50 years ago versus a white loaf now. You're getting 36 additives put back into white bread that our body is it's foreign to our body. It's not natural. Okay. We can't live on bread anymore. It's become a health risk to eat bread in a lot of cases. It's slowing down the gut. It's blocking it up. It's just not providing us nutrition. That's where the focus has been is that we've become used to eating more processed food that is not focused on it, and we've had less education on it. Wow. I know, right? Wow. That's, yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Hey, no pun intended, but that's a lot to consume. And, and you know, KP, I can let people know from from my from my viewpoint, and I don't see this from necessarily just strictly education. You know, um, actually, through physically being there with people, seeing the response and the reaction to them being cured, being overcome, and of course, I'm in a field where you know, food is utilised. I'm in other fields where it's not utilised so much as well. I'm going on that basis because I used to have a role as a government advisor writing policies in agriculture. Right? I used to be a representative of the food service industry and it's developed. I'm not doing it anymore because I'm not in it for money. It's wrong. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's 100% wrong. We don't put... Nu- food is nutrition, so it should be number one. It has to be number one, as we're not progressing. All we're doing is filling somebody's pocket at the end of the day. Now, money goes around. Yes, it goes around. It can be a reward. It can make you feel good. But it's not making the product any better in the area of nutrition. So I don't don't bother with them. I don't care how much they want to pay me to be a consultant in that area. Until until we can change that area, we're not... Like, there's no fundamental fulfillment for me by being involved in it. So I'll keep a track on what they're doing. Amen to that. Nutrition needs to be number one. I just, a new hashtag, nutrition needs to be number one. Yes, it does. But I think also, you know, you know, that we say that, but, you know, our bodies need to be number one. And the, under, and the understanding of our bodies, we have people with mental illnesses, we have people with other illnesses. We need to step back and put our life and our quality of life and then get the support to overcome these conditions, to overcome this experience, to find betterment, um, rather than just being put on um, prescription medication for the rest of our lives with no, with no foresight or no ability to maybe get off this prescription. That maybe also have another detrimental effect. Yep. 
I mean, and it's and, and guys, you got to understand when you do go the route where you're more holistic in thinking and in practice, it's going to take a little bit longer. And that's the other hard part of the education is one a just broadening your horizons, understanding of concepts like this, and that there are opportunities like this for your health. And then b understanding that you know it's a lifestyle, it's a commitment. It doesn't work as fast as pharmaceuticals, but to Mark's point, he talked about masking symptoms. That's what pharmaceuticals do. They mask symptoms. But when you dive into areas like Mark is talking here and using medicine as food, as betterment, using food as medicine, I'm sorry, as betterment for your body, you're actually addressing root causes and getting rid of the problem instead of just, covering up or dealing with or learning how to live with the symptoms. I mean, and that's the end goal. That's the true foundation of health is not learning how to live with your symptoms, but getting to the root cause and eliminating the problem and the symptoms that go with it. And this can be one of the ways that you can improve your health by having this level of broader understanding of food and its impact on your body. Sure, and I think also there's, just to give, you know, maybe, um, I hope you don't feel that I'm correcting you, but just adding something. Um, you used the word about time. Um, integrated medicine actually means that we don't lose a focus on what it is we need to supply a body to see that change. So we can say that pharmaceuticals act quicker. It could be a case that a good doctor who's looking at the cure is for a period of time keeping you on your medication till he's uplifted the other components in your body to then start reducing to wean off that medication. Because time is time and volume of something. E.g. they would say eat bok choy 220 grams four times a week. It has a volume, it has a time because it's a response to the body. So it's not that you know necessarily everybody's going to throw everything out. It's being wise. It's choosing the yeah. best decision that supports a person with a focus on overcoming the condition or if the condition is possibly able to cure. So that someone can be chemical free as far as prescriptions in, you know, going forward. Um, it's, it's challenging for the doctors. So give the doctors praise who have that vision, who have that purpose. Are they successful? Yes, they're just not mainstream. Very much so, very much. And, you know, some, there is a time and place for prescriptions, no doubt. But in the US, U.S. especially, we just use too many of them. And, guys, I know we are running low on time. I think we have to get to the sad part where we do last thoughts and uh, and have to wrap. So, Mr. Mark, well, actually, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Kaylin first. Kaylin, last thoughts on tonight. Well, a lot of information that's basically being neglected to be put out there, and that's kind of depressing uh, to think about. And, you know, just for the sake of uh, making money, we're willing to lose lives in an attempt to save them. It almost sounds like we're working against ourselves. But that's my last thought. All right. And Mr. Mark South, your last thoughts on tonight. Um, well, great that we uh, had the time and the time to share. It's about sharing. It's not trying about forcing things around. It's just you know, opening discussions and putting opinions there. I would like to come back and maybe you know talk about fat in itself and the effect on it because I think this is an area of big uh, concern for me within the bodybuilding and sporting industry. Well, predominantly the bodybuilding industry. Um, so, but it was great to speak to you. Great to wish Kaylin a great happy birthday and many more. You know, every day should be a happy birthday for KP. He's such a nice bloke, um, and that's the intention of life. So, yeah, just thank you very much for, for the opportunity to share and to awesome. you know, let people know that you're an individual, you're beautiful, you have a great soul, never mind how your body composition looks, because we can change your body composition and we can certainly look at your health. Um, so, you know, look after yourself. Amen to that, and who can top that? And, yeah, wouldn't it be exciting to talk more about fats and bodybuilding because there are so many mm -hmm. hormones tied to our fat consumption and how that impacts 
how that impacts health and strength and brain function and all that kind of stuff. So most definitely. And, yes, KP, one last happy birthday to you. And I don't know, do we still do a Snickerdoodle shout-out? Is that a thing? There's no way uh, he's 52. Yeah. He does not look 52. <laughs> yes, he is. Very much so. You're, well, you look, you, you look far more younger than that, KP, so... Keep doing what you're doing. It's working for you. Yes, sir. And, and, and it's not a, a keto diet, that's for sure. <laughs> lots of snickerdoodle. All right. Lots of snickerdoodle. Until next time, guys, just remember, your body is a temple. Build it.